This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. I'm your host, Lores, and today we are holding a three-program spectacle crossover event with Dissecting Cinema and Ratings, hosted by Jerry Jensen and Jacob A. Miller, respectively. The film we are discussing is the 2019 remake of Jacob's Ladder. We had our own world down there for a while. Not anymore. So Jacob's Ladder 2019. What a what a uh, what a unexpected feature to be covering for today's episode and also just in general. I, I that was not a movie I ever pegged to receive a remake especially the type of remake that it did receive. I was going to say it, this one came out of left field because uh remakes of big properties like this like Jacob's Ladder is definitely a classic in in regards to a lot of people especially with Tim Robbins, who was on a hot streak at the time, this uh, the early '90s, and so you'd think for something that has a name like Jacob's Ladder and a reputation, you would think there'd be more, I don't know, more <laughs> fucking of a shit to give into the production or the promotion of this movie. But like, what is this even being released in theaters? I think it did receive a limited theatrical release this past week. <laughs> so you believe it did? I can't be certain. I heard someone else say that it did. I think, yeah, I think that shows a lot of faith in what they had produced, that nobody's really heard about this, apparently, and nobody knows where to see it. And I also think that the prime opportunity to release a, a remake of this caliber for that kind of movie was probably 2005 to 2010, when they were really churning these types of uh, movies out. You had countless... Uh, remakes of the uh, George Romero films and this and that and all the 70s properties were getting scooped up and repurposed back in the odds it seems so bizarre to now suddenly be like yeah Jacob's Ladder 2019 and it is I was right in that it is kind of like a uh, a sideways remake of the movie Brothers with Jake Gyllenhaal and Tobey Maguire I it felt like they really wanted to do that instead Mm-hmm. but they could afford Jacob's Ladder. I think you made an interesting point that uh, it, it feels like it should have come out somewhere in the mid-aughts. Like 2005, for example, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this movie. I said, okay, first of all, we have Ricky from Barbershop as the lead man who, is he ever, Is he really an effective lead man? I still don't know the actor's name uh, after all these years, but then it also has that very bland or pedestrian type feel that there were, for films or remakes uh, in the mid-2000s. Like it had that very kind of straight-to-DVD production quality and aura to it. it. It was just almost aimless while I was watching it. I don't know if I would agree that it had a direct-to-DVD quality to it. I thought it was actually surprisingly well shot and colored, uh, given the, the nature of the film. I've seen countless of those direct-to-DVD sequels and remakes that look like complete shit that no competent individual worked on the production side of things. Well, even even if it doesn't hit, like, that super low bar of, like, direct-to-DVD films, the the way it's sold is as Jacob's Ladder 2019. And yet it actually doesn't tell any of anything in relation to the story of Jacob's Ladder other than uh, one dude is in the military and maybe a drug made him sad or something. Uh, other than that, it's 
really not even a remake. It's just got the name to mm-hmm. it. It's not. It doesn't explore any of the same themes. It doesn't use any of the same, you know, uh, uh, vi- like v- visual scares that Jacob's Ladder has. Like, Jacob's Ladder is a genuinely creepy movie, and this doesn't even feel like it fits in a genre that would be qualified anywhere near horror or creepy or anything. It's sort of just a, it's sort of a drama. Yeah. I was thinking that myself um, watching it. I, I was thinking, well, what does this classify as it, uh, Maybe we can check its billing during the show, but is this supposed to be a thriller? Because it, it was just a weird kind of family melodrama for most of it between I'm going to call him Ricky uh, because I, I still don't know his name. Ricky and Michael uh, Ely, Jesse Williams. And that's really all there was there. And then they threw in oh, spooky guys with creepy faces like here and there. But I, there was no intriguing mystery here. There was no nothing engaging. I think they wanted to sink the viewer, I think, into the uh, into the family life of this of this main character, Jacob. And it was too cliche, too uninteresting. And then. When it came to the bait and switch, there was none. There was nothing to keep me interested. For this was a long ninety-minute movie. I know you guys might agree with me on that. Good God! Oof! I on the on the I had to though, real quick of that family dynamic. It's never really established to begin with. So when it does occur, that oh, you know, we were misled this whole time because Jacob is on all these drugs and he's having false memories. Like there's no impact to that. There's it doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit with everything that has been produced thus far. Go ahead, Han. Sorry about cutting you off. That's the moment when uh, when he thought that his brother was flirting with his wife because he touched her shoulder. Right, like that was supposed to be the breaking moment where we realize that he's the one that's fucked up and not the brother. But it was so sudden and so out of nowhere and so unexpected that it, it, it just ended up looking like he was just angry at his brother for no reason. And he just smashed him against that mirror. And, and then we had that really awkward just shot of them. So uh, that moment was very confusing to me because it came really out of nowhere. I had a, a really hard time uh, watching this movie because since it was so slow and nothing would happen and just so bland, I just kept losing interest and just focusing on things that weren't even in the movie at all. So I would just, I, I had a book next to me and I didn't really read the book, but I would just look at the cover. And then when I would go back to the movie, I would have no idea what was going on, even though I was kind of familiar with the story. Uh, that moment when he thought that his brother was flirting with his wife or whatever the fuck, his couple, uh, it was so out of nowhere. And the fact that he slamming against the mirror and then the camera stayed on the mirror showing it how dramatic it was that he broke a mirror with his brother uh it just felt like a like a like a hallmark channel movie to me like that moment was so dramatic and so bad that it just i just didn't even know what i was watching i thought i was going to watch a horror movie and it just ended up being a you know a, a a black drama about two brothers that don't like each other i guess it, it did have that hallmark uh style quality to it it, it checked off all the numbers. I mean, like Lorez said, uh, I guess the production value was there in some regard. I didn't find it all too engaging or really uh, enveloping, but it, it was serviceable. But then you, they rounded off with uh, like all the sparkly, good looking cast members like Ricky and like Jesse Williams and whatnot. And 
it had th- those melodramatic aspects like you had mentioned. And I'm thinking to myself, aren't I supposed to be watching a thriller or a horror movie? What in the, what in the hell am I actually... See, Jacob's Ladder, it's not that hard a formula to break. And go back to the original, it's Tim Robbins who... Tim Robbins, I don't know if he's supposed to be a good-looking man, but he has a giant forehead that I could never <laughs> take my eyes off of when I see him in a movie. So it's not like he's this primped-up kind of, uh, again, melodrama, soap opera-looking actor like some in this movie. So just the effect it has on you is, it's so confusing because you never know what this movie really wants to be. So, and because of that, you fall, your interest completely just dwindles away probably after the first what, 10 minutes? Oh, I mean, I found myself during this movie just seeing how many whiskeys and ginger beer I could finish by the by the end well, of the credits. They don't actually <laughs> develop the relationship between Michael Ely and his his wife. So whenever that turn happens, like what Hans is saying, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. I don't, even though you know the storyline and, and, and what's supposed to happen, what beats it's supposed to hit, you don't ever actually feel like Michael Ely and this woman are madly in love and he's convinced of this life really it's sort of like he's he he's playing a part in a in a family drama that just happens to have this element of uh something kind of psychological going on but it's so poorly executed at every turn that most of the time when a new thing is happening I don't even give a shit. I don't give a shit to actually be like, okay, how did we get to this part from here? Because I know they didn't, they didn't build it up to that. It's just out of nowhere. Here's this guy in an alleyway being like, listen, uh, bad things happen. The drugs is bad. Oh no. And then a car's chasing him down an alleyway and a dude's like, Hey man, you need some help? No, I'm totally fine. Even though I just got fucking ran over. Don't call the cops or anything. I'm pretty sure I'm being chased by people, but I'm just going to kind of walk away all right, I don't give a fuck anymore. Get killed. Get fucking killed. I don't care. The biggest crime that this movie commits, in my opinion, is that it is consistently boring. Uh, You hit the nail on the head by just saying there's no vested interest in any of the plot devices here, any of the characters. I don't think it's a technically like poorly made film and the performances are not egregiously bad like I was expecting them to be. Hans, I know that you had some gripes about the acting, but it's just like there's nothing interesting going on and none of the performances are really, they're not made unique. There's no real uh, uh, desire to do something uh, different with those roles or or, or just have them be Uh a a cut above like TV movie standard. Um, Right. And one thing is if you try to sink into the movie, even in the opening act, there's just nothing there. there n- none of the characters talk in a distinct manner. Nobody has their own like vernacular. There, there's there's nobody fun in the movie that you can cling on to even for a couple seconds for like levity. There, it's such a one dimensional way of trying to tell this story of this in such a gloomy, boring, droning fashion that you, it it just becomes almost like 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 a dream, but in, in the worst way possible because you feel like you're asleep watching this movie. You feel like you're being just mumbled to death while you're watching this because there's long-winded dialogues that don't connect to anything just between two characters, between Michael Ely's character, Jacob, who he's always on edge because army. <laughs> and 
other person because reasons. And there's never a consistent thread in between those. There's no mystery behind it. It's just the characters in this script almost going through the motion and none of it is is at all engaging. It's just a common thread that only... The only common thread through this movie, the, the fact that every scene is just as uninteresting as the one before it. Was there a missed opportunity here to cast Jesse Smollett as the lead in Jacob's Ladder? <laughs> you, you you wouldn't if you if you didn't know that they were two different people, the uh, what's his name, Jesse Williams or whatever, the the brother and he they're completely interchangeable. Yeah. They're complete when, whenever I actually read the credit, I was surprised to see that it wasn't that Josie Smollett or Josie Smollett, however you say his name. I I thought that the <laughs> whole army thing uh did they I mean they show it on the first scene I guess well not the first scene the second scene after after the intro where that guy dies in the stairs for whatever reason uh and then you have what a minute of him being in the sand and then he gets a call from his girl saying that she's pregnant and is the like I don't remember the army ever being a factor throughout the movie at all besides the flashback that he has 30 seconds after he talks to his wife about you know being in the hospital cutting someone open and then so we're supposed to care about the fact that this guy's a soldier but we never really see any army related shit just that just an intro of like hey this guy is army guy care about him being army guy and that's it well yeah that's a good point because in the original film Everything that's going on is supposed to be taking place in these these moments while, you know, Jacob's on the surgery table, right? And he's kind of being torn between the idea of heaven and hell in this in this purgatory, exploring them both, right? And this, without considering any of that, as soon as he comes out of his first flashback and he's in the surgeon's room and you see him, you know, doing surgery in a regular hospital instead of a mill hospital, you, my mind is, okay, so why the fuck do I care about what I just saw? Is that just so that they could get funding from Budweiser. Because the next scene after the first scene is him rubbing an ice-cold Budweiser turned perfectly sideways so that you could read Budweiser on it. And I'm thinking this... I'm glad that you found the product placement, too. That's the first thing that just screamed in my head. Product yeah, placement. That's the whole funding Woo. for the film right there. Because there's, there's nothing in this that if you were to give me a log line of it, that I would say, like, all right, yeah, here's $100. Go, uh, go film something for it. And the fact that they got probably a few million. I would prefer they go the, they bring in the whole chariot of horses <laughs> for that scene. That at least would have given it, at least would have made it fun. That, it at least would have made it worth it and given the one memorable the scene that, in the that's movie. That's the thing that bothers me the most, that they didn't even have fun with it. So you see something like, let's say the, you know, the uh, Buster Rhymes Halloween, right? Where it's not a great... It's not it's not a great movie, but it's fun. It's funny. You can tell that they were having fun making it and it's just a dumb movie that's just a let's watch this movie with my friends, I'm gonna have a laugh. This one just felt like, okay, let's get this title, let's create a story that's kind of similar to the original story, and then just leave it as it is that's that, just a bland almost story. I just don't understand what the point of making this was or you know, who the target audience is. Um, I remember Laura's mentioning that this could be one of those um, times when uh, they're running out of time for the right, so they have to do something to keep them. And it really felt like it was something like that because I just don't understand what the reason for this to exist at all is even. It's barely a cut above that uh, Fantastic Four movies from the 90s. It's, it's 
it's literally the least amount of correlation to the original film and then let's just do whatever the fuck we can think of while we have like 10 minutes roger corman's jack jacob's ladder but you know what's (laughs) you see that that would be something worthwhile in comparison to this the funny thing about this one yeah like you were kind of mentioning is that there's no fun element to it and that's fine if you're gonna go the other way kind of like how david cronenberg will go very almost uh, ominous and, and pessimistic with his movies. But even he understands in all of his work, and I mean, it, it's a gross comparison between Cronenberg and the uh, douche nozzle that directed this movie. Uh, but it, it's not even going all the way with that in terms of it's exploiting that kind of ominous uh, or pessimism, excuse me, for, to an entertaining level. It's like, no, 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 no. We're, we're going we're gonna to just pull the punches and just be gloomy have have nothing to cling on to emotionally no extreme imagery like there's nothing there's not even any good violence Mm. in this no no guts anything like that at least cronenberg knew that i I mean again he was a great but if you're gonna go in that real moody just depressing territory you might as well go all the way with it but this does nothing i think maybe we should probably dig into this movie in comparison to the last and what the differences are in the story, because the ending to my knowledge anyway, is completely different from that of the original film from 1990 and the implications of the twist where Jerry, you had said, uh, you, you know, you had started to delve into it some, but it's about Jacob being on the table, dying, passing away, having fragments of his life flash in front of him, manipulated memories. And here, we have kind of like a Spider-Man, the lizard plot twist where the mad scientist is working on a formula to cure bad yeah. memories. And um, and then he dies a hero. He gets shot in the chest to save his Yo, brother. Hold on. That scene with the gunshot and then the jump through the window. <laughs> that shit oh, was boy. troll to level of just awful. Like it, it didn't even look like they tried to make it look like a like an action scene or anything that resemble any type of acting. It was just so bad the shooting, and then he <laughs> pushes the guy through the window in a very dramatic soap opera way. And I was just, what the fuck am I? What this is the this is how you decide to end that your was movie. The shot for the trailer. I sat. Was that I didn't see the trailer, but that was the big moment. God damn, that was, but... that's where they poured the budget into that that CGI breakaway glass. You, you, <laughs> you actually articulate that really well. As I felt like I was being trolled, like I sat through so much of this movie, and then I got to that part, and I was thinking, the the writers are laughing at me right now for having made it this far and yeah. to see this scene, and like, and it's played in it's played in slow motion too. The this sidestep from michael ely to jump in front of a bullet that i i'm i'm just i can't help but to think (laughs) that nobody gave a fuck what they were making nobody none of the actors none of the crew i mean whoever did like cinematography and editing props to them because they're the only people that gave a fuck but the, the even up to their most dramatic moment i cannot think a single person gave a shit about what they were making i think that's accurate and if you look at what I had is my worst film of 2018, How It Ends, which was a direct-to-Netflix car commercial, essentially, starring Forrest Whitaker. Same guy directed it. That was 
fairly well shot. That that had good uh, visual effects to it. It was completely uh, dry of anything rem- remotely relating to substance, though. Uh, so clearly, the director has. Now, an wait, can eye. I ask a question? Sure. Uh, I I I think I had seen that one. Can you tell me? Was that the one where like the ending is they're driving away from like a big like storm or big cataclysmic event, and that's just the ending? I I can't recall specifically, but I believe so. It's about uh, Forrest Whitaker and his son-in-law are trying to make it home to his daughter, and some guy like the neighbor is watching over her or whatever. And you don't get to see the neighbor at any point. He just shows up in the last like eighth of the movie and starts acting like an asshole to the lead. Tries to kill the lead. The lead then kills this guy who we're supposed to like be like, oh, he's a villain of some sort. And then yeah, there's some <laughs> weird. It's like almost like a fake Mad Max end of the world type shit that that's happening and he's driving a really nice car and they have shots of the car just frequently throughout the film close-ups on the wheels the tires the yeah i think i saw this one bumper. yeah that one oh that was terrible oh my god painful i guess i guess my problem is just fucking make the movie for someone you know if you if you know you're making a shitty movie fucking go all in and make it shitty enough so that it's enjoyable to watch this thing like i can't think of who the audience is for this like who who's excited about watching this or who watches a movie and goes you know what this feels like something i should rewatch to you know maybe get all the themes or things that i missed or i i don't understand it takes itself way too seriously uh, seriously but it's not smart enough at the audience all is to be a serious it's movie. people who go to the red box and go jacob's ladder that sounds familiar maybe oh, this looks new though i think i'll get this it's only a dollar and then they go home and then they see that budweiser scene you were talking about and go oh i think i want a budweiser that yeah i'm gonna go get a beer <laughs> well that's the audience there's so many moments <sighs> early on that are completely immersion breaking too if you were at all immersed in the story which you're probably not when you start seeing it's established that this was a uh, Iraq Afghanistan war. These guys are Iraq Afghanistan big Middle vets. Eastern yeah, war. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something in the Mina. Yet every single veteran that you see is wearing a classic olive drab uh, military jacket, right? Which I don't know why you would have one of those if you just spent your entire career in the in twenty eighteen in fucking Afghanistan. I'm not sure why they're giving you green ABUs at all. That shows a guy in a green camouflage jacket walking <laughs> around. And I'm thinking <laughs> this is just legitimate like a Rambo callback. Like remember Rambo wears that green jacket. That's how you know he's in the military. So we're gonna do that too. That's what the fuck war were these guys in where half of it was in the desert and the other half of it was in the forest. And I know it's a small detail, but it's those types of details that I think validate the criticism that these guys don't give a shit and they they didn't think about what they were doing as they were doing it i think they had plot points that they wanted to hit you know they they want uh michael ely to be in love they want his his brother to be a homeless guy which that was fucking blew me away so what made this dude homeless his ptsd was that it because <laughs> yep. they don't establish that at all they drain my bank account they have him in this in the subway remember um in the first one that that subway is like the river sticks essentially you know it's super disgusting the people in there are a mixture of what mm-hmm. you perceive to be demons and angels right uh, he has to be kind of saved from that area at one point all hella clues all over the place that this might be a train to hell or something and in this one it's just a uh dark 
subway and homeless people live in there. Like, it's not eerie. It's not creepy. Somehow you end up down there as soon as you get PTSD or something. I just, I don't follow. <laughs> and and then he, he sees his brother and his brother's yeah. like, hey, what's up? Like, he's yeah, perfectly yeah. fine. Oh, <laughs> like, hey. he's not even dirty. You know, he's just he chilling there. <laughs> he has to, like, pick him up and carry him, too. He's like, oh, shit, you've been laying down right here for, I guess, the last two years since the last time I saw you. I, I don't have anything to go on besides what I'm seeing right now. I have to carry you. You're too weak to walk. It's like the dude, he's buff. Jesse Williams is like fucking buff and shit. Like visually in good shape yeah, the whole time. I, no, I saw that. That that like almost it kind of pissed me off because there's a scene uh, later in the movie where they, they take him home and he's and he's having some kind of episode and uh, Michael Ely's character says like, oh, like put him in the tub. We're going we're gonna to like make sure he's okay. And they like, <laughs> they pull off his shirt and you see this fucking guy with his like six pack and I'm like Jesus Christ! You can't. It, it's like you can't even like. It, They're it's pouring water on easy. his chiseled body. <laughs> oh my! He was just the most in shape crackhead he ever. He was just shoveling <laughs> down a piece of bread as if he'd never eaten food in his life, and then ten seconds later, you see that he's on an all protein fucking six thousand calorie diet. I, I mean, there, there's very few looks to get right easier than, like, lanky, fat, but skinny druggy. Like, that's a very easy look to get down, and for whatever reason, they couldn't sacrifice that. <laughs> also, when it comes to, to that costume, uh, and just because I've worked in a couple of things where the director didn't give a fuck, uh, it really just seems like they just sent an intern to an army surplus store and they were like, just get something that looks like an army uniform. It doesn't matter. And we'll figure it out. And no, that's two it. jackets equals homeless. <laughs> you know what that seems like to me? It's like if you guys have ever watched kind of like a uh, freshman college film class, like thesis film, it's like the the obvious thing where they need to show that it's an army guy, but they can't tell you. So let's have this guy casually fucking walk around in his in his combat clothes on a nice sunny day so he can he, like, oh my God, it's yeah, the plausibility is ridiculous. As it, you it's, do. Yeah, it's, no, no, no. <laughs> These people are nothing but their uniforms. They they walk around and they do that for life and then they fucking become PTSD homeless people in the end. <laughs> so I was looking into the company that put this movie out and they have released several films, actually almost like 10 films a year. Mid, uh, yeah, Damn. So they, I mean, they're they're pretty well off. Vertical Entertainment, and they've done uh, right. such hits as uh, Rob Reiner's LBJ film with Woody Harrelson, Billionaire Boys Club with Kevin Spacey, that wound up getting hmm. dispatched direct to hmm. Redbox, and um, Gaudy, Gaudy, the uh, critical stunner, uh, Gaudy, <laughs> and it it makes me wonder if this is just like a shell company to front. Uh, you know, drugs or, or do money laundering or or, or there's got to be something else going on here. If this is the quality of feature that they're bringing out ten times a year, because it's it, be... go ahead. There are other films on this list that I've seen before, just like listed at the red box that you don't see otherwise. They're like tulpas, basically. It's got to be like an Uwe Boll situation where the whoever is producing this content they know some trick about the business there's a tax write-off that you get 
if you cast uh-huh. Michael Ely and you show his eyes for 30 seconds or more. Like, there's something <laughs> somewhere that allows them to make this happen like that. It's either that or, like you're saying to his last film, these guys know that if they can get a product placement, they can get some money, and some of that money they can keep, the rest of it they can use to make a film. And it's it's been like bottom of the barrel filmmaking, and that you know comes from us. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it like I said, I mean we're we're ragging on the talent here of Jacob's Ladder, but they also had a Mel Gibson Sean Penn film that again was buried for quite some time. And then just suddenly released quietly this year, called "The Professor and I, the Madman." I tried so, to watch that one. I could, yeah, I couldn't it, sit through it. I made it about, I made it you? about forty-five minutes in, and I just, I just couldn't do it. It, it it's, I don't know, it's about some fucking English guy that just writes in calligraphy. Like it, Mel Gibson is good in it, but I, I mean, I just couldn't. It, it was just, it, it was the same as, uh, as this movie. But it was at least better because they had better actors. I mean, Sean Penn, say what you will about him, he can, but he can knock out a good performance. And Mel Gibson is al- almost always great. But it, it just had that same vacuous, empty blandness where you where you think about 20 minutes into the movie, you're like, why am I actually watching this? Yeah, why am I watching this? You know, it's probably not a good sign <laughs> when the director takes a nom de plume when it comes to the release of the film. And I had also read that there was some kind of uh, legal issue with Mel Gibson regarding this movie. Do you guys know anything about that? Uh, I might have heard something about it when I uh, when I had rented it originally. What's a... What's an, a nom de plume is a pen said, name. It's a fake name. It's Lores. Ah. Hans. Okay. Yeah, 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 you got it. What are you, simpleton? <laughs> Fuck, not like I just Googled that right now. <laughs> non the plume. I wouldn't even know how to spell that, so. Well, apparently you, the guy that directs these movies, it, it, Jacob's Ladder, is proud of his work because he's had his name on the last two projects, so. I'm I'm just reading here. Gibson and his production company, Icon Productions, sued the production company Voltage Pictures, which I guess was where the money came from for this movie, uh, The Professor and the Madman, because they wanted final cut privileges over it. And mm-hmm. Gibson didn't get them, so he tried to block the release of the movie. So this is an old movie. I don't blame him then, because he he's pretty smart when it comes to storytelling in movies, so... And now he's in this fuck. And now he's in that fucking turd fest. And he, so yeah, uh, maybe Michael Ely should do the same thing for this fucking movie. <laughs> Jesus, how are we gonna fill an hour talking about these pieces of shit? Like I, no, I think no, I no, ran out of things well, to say now, about now, it hold on, Hans. Like, I, The movie ends was... on this very ominous note where he's what <laughs> he's standing in a cornfield looking out to the sunset. What do you guys think yep. that it means? means? Fucking nothing. It's horse shit. That's what it is. It. It's they they do a scene earlier of like him and his brother or whatever when they were kids walking through this cornfield and then they end it with it. Now, just by by that point, I was just so exhausted with the amount of nothingness in this movie. I was like, get the fuck out of here with that. There's no, that means nothing. It's one of those stupid, pointless, enigmatic shots that never amount to anything. I bet if you even ask the director, like, oh, what does this scene mean? 
He'd fucking puke on himself. <laughs> we had the budget for a cornfield, so we put uh, it in. <laughs> it's setting up the sequel uh, when he goes back in time to 1850. <laughs> and wakes up outside of a cornfield. <laughs> so, so for sure that last shot is like supposed to be okay. He died and went to heaven, right? Ultimately, he was a good guy, regardless of everything that happened, right? I get I get that because it's like day one uh, uh, cinematography or filmography, and there's a bunch of scenes like that that are like, okay, this is this guy's like first or second year out of film school. Whenever uh, Jacob is having sex with Jezebel, who I guess only appears in the last few minutes of the movie, solely to have a scene of oh, yeah. of Michael yeah. Ely naked speed fucking her, which I don't understand that at all. Uh, and she's like on top of him riding him and then her demon wings pop out it's like okay well this movie isn't playing on heaven and hell at all so is this a hallucination from the drug that he you know what that felt like that That felt like they were kind of leaning into the audience of fat white girls with black boyfriends (laughs) who were really obsessed with their myspace profiles back in 2005 (laughs) and using glitter gifts all over their page (laughs) That, you know what? Th- this reminds me wrong. of a much better There's... sex scene in this vein. You guys ever see Pet Cemetery Two, where the dad pictures he's fucking his wife and she turns into a dog on top of him? <laughs> Is that no. directed by Adam from your movie Sucks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gave me those vibes, but <laughs> that's <laughs> the one of the. It things... reminded me of a um, what's that alien movie? Splice? Is it? When Adrian Brody fucks an alien and then it does the exact same thing, it looks like the same <laughs> shot, just shittier. One of one of the things that usually it would frustrate me about a remake that I really wish they would have just done is mimicking shots from the original. So the bathtub scene, you can, I mean, that's, I, I could go back to that a million times. I think most people will agree in the original, the, the whole bathtub scene is unsettling and partially terrifying terrifying because you're already immersed in the film immersed in the storyline uh and jacob fucking hates whatever's going on you're like dude you have 111 temperatures she's trying to save you but he's screaming like you're killing me you're killing me and you could play with the idea that maybe that's him actually in his own mind feeling the surgery going on while he's on the table right he could actually he can feel the surgeon's digging around for mm. whatever might have caused its guts to get ripped out and all that stuff. But, and, and and it's it's scary. It's terrifying, right? But in this, it's just like they throw Jesse Williams in the bath for reasons. It's never explained what the bath is supposed to do for him. <laughs> and then when it's over, these two dudes are just like cuddling on the ground. So it doesn't, it doesn't use the same energy to get this shot across this downward angle of somebody resisting being kind of like baptized in a lot of ways right and then what i think one of the most unsettling scenes in any movie personally and it it carries through into silent hill which is entirely inspired by jacob's ladder not entirely but mostly inspired by jacob's ladder is when he's being taken down the hallway in effectively hell to the hell surgeon right and they're pushing him on that meat cart and the wheel the angle from down on the ground on the wheel it's it doesn't face forward right it's fucked up 
turns all sideways and it's creaky. And the whole time you can see that this isn't a clean hospital. This is very clear, like a destroyed, fucked up building. There's crackheads all over the place and he's about to get surgery in there. That's unsettling and crazy. Instead, 2019's Jacob Ladder takes um black-eyed old lady and pushes him down a completely colorless gray. Oh, I really, I really hated those those demons that were in this movie that were clearly done with that one effect in Adobe After Effects that gives you the demon (laughs) face that was so popular in those really shitty found footage movies that went like direct to DVD in 2008 when Paranormal Activity like Grave Encounters, where it's just like, ooh, the hollow eyes and the big mouth, great. <laughs> shaky, shaky demons. Just shaky now, hold on a second. Oh, the original scary. Jacob's Ladder did do that, but I think even that. I mean, they did that back in 1990, way before mm-hmm. that became commonplace with music videos like for what Stained or Disturbed or Marilyn Manson or, or whoever was utilizing that tool, and then the horror films copied that. And one of the strongest points of that original Jacob's Ladder is the look of the demons and how they're they're not overly shown. It's really just like you get maybe a second at most of a creepy looking white face and then they move on. And it's it's not quite subliminal like how The Exorcist was, but they employ the uh, the terror you're supposed to feel from this iconography very well. And this movie does not even come close to that. It's embarrassing. The woman with the giant demon wings flapping around and... And uh, the the shaking of the heads and the the clearly uh, very poorly thought out effects that were done within probably seconds off. Now, this would all be forgivable and and it would be a positive if this was all done to the extent of like you could laugh at it. But it really isn't. This is a special kind of bad movie where it's just bad. It's not entertaining at all. And even the bad elements, with the exception of, I don't know, like Hans was saying, with maybe the push through the window. Like, but even then, even then, that's a stretch of like so bad it's good territory. This is just, (laughs) this is the worst kind of movie you can make where it's just boring it's not entertaining because of how awful it is and there's plenty of those out there i'm sure we could find 50 that we could talk about after this episode that would be way more entertaining to talk about this is just that unique kind of movie that's like hey do you like good movies no well do you like really bad movies no fuck you like bad bland boring movie that just desensitizes you to every frame of it with oh just it's blandness i there you go. There's my rent. <laughs> Is it, what's the uh, what's the rating? Is it PG thirteen even? I don't even think they rate movies anymore. Do they do that? <laughs> am I showing my am I showing my nineteen ninety seven? Come on, Hans. <laughs> yeah, they they show that scene early on when uh, the surgery scene, right? And I think that's about as as graphic as it gets. That's another thing that pissed me off. Is so these guys are supposed to be on this drug that fucks them up. And what it does to them is give them foam mouth and make them fall on ground. (laughs) Whatever this drug does, yeah, I'm sure the hallucinations are supposed to be part of it. I think they loosely explain it uh, in the mad science lab standoff scene. I don't don't remember much of the dialogue from it, Mm. but I really feel like what they showed us was that this drug makes you twitch and foam at the mouth. And like we were saying about the low frame rate head shaking, it plays differently in the original Jacob's Ladder 
because he witnesses it, right? It's not something that happens to him. He's going down this hallway. He looks over. There's a dude with no legs on a cart, a bag over his head, but he's completely like buff, yoked as hell. And this low frame rate head shaking thing is going on, you know, sort of giving you the idea that this person is potentially tormented by some type of inner mental demon, right? Like that's what you're seeing. Somebody trapped in hell being tormented by their own thoughts. Instead, they use it so poorly. He looks up at the mirror and the head shaking, I guess, gives uh, the viewer the idea that, okay, now we're supposed to know that he's aware that he's him and not his brother that he's thought the whole time or something. And even the broken mirror for a fucking film cliche, they fuck up the broken mirror <laughs> scene. So he, he just looks at it and it's like, yeah, that's your reflection. You're different than you think you are. Yeah, that's you. And they do it real quick, but it, it, it's so fucking poorly executed. Again, the, the, the movie isn't so good. It's bad. It's just so bad. It's infuriating. <laughs> you know, can we go on a, a slight tangent further about this? The, the stupid low frame rate head twitch thing. Now, has there been a cliche in horror or thriller movies that apparently has lived on that long? Like th this, this is, that became a thing like uh, you guys were saying. You could even reference the original Jacob's Ladder from 1990. And it's 20 fucking 20 almost. And they're still using that thinking, whoo, it's good. It's, it's really gonna, it's really gonna fuck with people. Like, has there ever been a gag or gimmick in like genre films that has almost never worked, but still been employed that long? I, I could, I couldn't tell you of a time. I think it, it could still be effective to do to use that same camera trick with I think walking because I think sometimes having something skinny that walks in broken frames like that can be fairly unsettling, but it's not done the way it used to be done before when everything was on film. It's digital, so the motion doesn't look like it was like originally one speed yeah. and then you know the through the frame rate it can't catch it all or is catching too much instead it's just making one part of the frame faster than the rest of it it looks cartoony and shitty in every film that it's done do you think that they're even shooting at four frames per second at, at that point no, or do you think not. they're just adding a filter over it in... yeah I, th I think there's just they're just speeding up whatever whatever filter they have in obviously adobe after effects which is this whole film is fit edited in 2015's <laughs> Adobe After Effects. They're, they're speeding up that one part. And so it's actually probably shot at 24 frames per second. You know what I would like to see? Let's bring back an, an older cliche because I'm sick of this like head thing and, and the twitching. It, it's never worked for me. If they're going to do this, why not go all the way and just go back to like 1959 House on a Haunted Hill. Put somebody on a fucking skateboard with their arms out and push them across the side. <laughs> Yep. See that <laughs> that'd be great. Well, aren't they aren't they coming out with a new uh, conjuring related movie where the villain is this creaky man or something like that, and the whole gimmick so, is so, that he no, walks like that? So <laughs> the funny thing about that, um, I think that one is the the crooked man, and um, yeah, that it, it, it's like some British folk tale, I believe, and. Um, no, the, the one credit I'll give that, because, like, the Conjuring movies are really tricky for me. On on one hand, I, I love James Wan as a director, and I think he's very talented. 
Uh, but I think he appeals to an extraordinarily mainstream like idea of horror sometimes that like I waver about. But the cool thing was in the second Conjuring movie, he I believe he introduces that character, and it was done practically. Like they had this very gangly, almost sickly actor who could oh yeah, yeah. do the movements it's, it's, organically, and it was all real. It's the uh, the Spanish guy that played that mama character and plays pretty much every character that um the guy from he was in it the guy from hellboy doesn't play you know the guy that plays abe sapien is either him or that creepy spanish guy that get those roles now (laughs) yeah so yeah so at least in that case it was real and it was done practically and with some actual discipline but uh yeah i i don't know how many more movies i can see of like oh like jump cut man is is at it again but that was, <laughs> but jump around. But that was uh, James Wan, though. Who's directing this Crooked Man movie? Because that that's not a guarantee that they're going to use that same guy or that same technique in the new film. I could, uh, God, I everything that they've so. done, like they did that Yorona movie. Did any of you watch that? I did not watch La Yorona. The <laughs> Curse of the Curse of La Yorona. That was such a piece of shit. And also the Nun. You know, all of these movies are kind of related to The Conjuring a little bit in that same universe. They've all been shit uh, because they don't have the actual people that make those Conjuring movies involved into making this one. So that's why I'm a little bit worried about this character because, yeah, uh, the character is a British character that was introduced in the second one where they told the story of that family that had the the poltergeist in their house. Uh, So that makes sense. But if the whole gimmick of the character is that he's like talks like that or does that, I just don't. Like, who cares? And it seems like, at least this the non-movie, that non... I don't know if you guys saw it, but that non-character never touched anyone, never did anything more than just being a spooky face in the dark. Uh, and then La Llorona, like, that's not even... Like, it, it doesn't even qualify as a horror movie to me. That's just... That's just... Uh, uh, let's make... Let's take advantage of how many Latino people are who might recognize this name and just relate it a little bit to The Conjuring so that people recognize that name and go see it because it's just trash. Uh, so I guess that's the, that's the 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 part when I'm like uh, I don't know if I want to see an entire movie where you know the villain is just a guy that wears a what is it purple suit and walks funny Joker. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, so are you telling me you want a Jacob's Ladder expanded universe or? Well, it's actually I I did read that Tim Robbins was supposed to do a cameo in this film. Oh, Jesus, but I guess his schedule or he it was too busy. He was supposed to play a handyman, and uh, Jacob in this movie is is supposed to go. Oh, hey, do you need a ladder? And then he goes, oh. No, actually, I got a ladder of my own. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Christ. I'm so glad that didn't happen. You're this kidding. This movie is already so fucking terrible. <laughs> if that would have happened, like, in, like, 10 minutes in, I'd have canceled this. Podcast. Oh, wait. I, honestly, <laughs> can't honestly, hold on. I don't even know if that was a joke. Were you serious when you said that? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I heard it from a friend or something. I no, I believe it. I, believe I don't it. even know what to think. Because this is... <laughs> This is how bad the film is, okay? So his house gets, Jacob's house gets broken into, right? And he fights off these fucking guys. He's a badass, fights them off. And then he apprehends one and puts him in the trunk and drives him to the police station. To what? Tell the cops that you just fucking kidnapped the guy? <laughs> Doesn't matter if they committed a crime, dude. You fucking kidnap them and drive them to the police station. Then he goes, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll pull him out of the trunk before I go get the cops. Oh, shoot, it's empty. Guess I'm leaving. 
you pull up to a fucking police station with a kidnapped guy and your idea was, I'll just pull him out the trunk. The cops won't think nothing of it. No big deal. Like, who the fuck wrote this? Yeah. Uh, I believe it was a couple. Good God. <laughs> Were they going through so, some uh, rough shit when they wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> it was just some they cocking. Just some cocking going on there. <laughs> the brother. Well, oh, dude. The, yeah, this Jacob is cucked cuckering. way yeah. more. he thought it was bad in the original one where elizabeth pena who died of alcoholism at a young age wound up dancing with some man at a house party no 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 the tentacle guy remember remember she danced with him it's super sexual and it's it's again it's playing on the concept of flirting with heaven and hell right she's supposed to be the enticing hell demon that's like hey come to hell you're gonna go to hell this is a good place right and you see her essentially uh, fucking a demon right in front of him, and nobody else cares, right? This is a, a shitty place to be. Getting cucked sucks. In this film, it's like, oh, darn, he got cucked? Well, okay, well, he didn't really get cucked. He just feels like he could have cucked his brother or something. <laughs> like, that's, in his imagination, he cucked his brother, but it never happened. And is there anything that actually sets up the twist that takes place later on where it's just like, oh, we flipped lives? Is there any... Any remote like hint of the of that only being, thing? Uh, there's, not... there's one hint, I believe, and it's when he walks by the hooker, <laughs> and she says like, "Hey, babe, like, where are you going?" Right, that's yes. the only connection. But oh, it's yeah. like, all right, that's a... is that when he is that when he goes like, "Do I know you?" Yeah, <laughs> is that <Yeah>. this? <laughs> like, but, and okay, that's how you respond to a crack. And I get, too. Well, do I? And know I guess you? that's fun. Yeah, hey, are we friends? <laughs> Have we interacted before? Is this? A thing that happens often. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't I see you at that class at Home Depot one time? You know, the ones they have for free. <laughs> so, have you learned to plumb yet? Anyway, um, no, yeah, like that's the one connection I think they had. And I mean, is that is that a good uh, like connect, line of connection right there? Because no, when the when the twist happens, I'm like wait a minute, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, oh, we had this, like, one little insert scene where he says hi to a hooker that, like, you don't see until he fucks her later. And it's like, okay, like, <laughs> then it, that's just lazy. Right. A crackhead hooker acts like a crackhead hooker. Yeah. <laughs> you, know what, you know what happened, I think, is when this uh, very troubled uh, couple that should probably go to counseling was writing this script, um, they must have inserted that connection on the last possible day that they were working on their last draft. Because, again, there's no other kind of breadcrumb trail to this ending, which a lot of these kinds of movies will do. There is one thing that it's very noticeable uh, when he turns or when he realizes that he's fucked up. His jacket and his face are slightly dirty when he shows up (laughs) and because his face is slightly dirty you're like oh my god he's unhinged and that's it and and you know what it's it's dirty in in the way that you would be dirty if you were doing like a an oliver twist school play (laughs) very obviously thumbprints and and fingerprints like we'll smear a little bit of dirt on you and now his hair he's got a perfectly lined up haircut and a perfectly lined up early morning cut like like shave the dude's been to a barber yesterday you know what i mean but no 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 no. he's he's got some grease on his cheek he's a real mechanic oh gee 
Yeah, so suffice to say, I think they might have inserted those things at the very last moment because they realized they had no connection to the twist ending. Those were probably subsequent shots that they put in after the fact. Well, it, you know, the, the the thing about the first Jacob's Ladder is it really does show you exactly what the ending's going to be early on, right? Early on, this dude's riding the train, looks up, and the fucking, the, the little sign on the inside of the train says, Welcome to Hell, right? This is what the movie is about. This dude going to hell, okay? You eventually find out that he's going to hell because he was killed because he was being experimented on by the government. 2019's Jacob Ladder is, uh, about <laughs> it's about it's about something like somebody wanted it to have some type of thing going on uh it never happens whatever that thing is supposed to be bunch of other stuff happens in whatever order in probably the wrong order i really i really think we should have seen the crackhead prostitute more Before. and yeah. first mm-hmm seeing her towards the end of the movie for a second and then a couple of minutes later he's like banging her and i'm thinking wait a minute did i fucking miss the scene where they set up that he actually is with this person or does he just remember now that he's with that person because for jacob in jacob's ladder he was confused he's like wait a minute i was just fucking this latino girl now i'm back here with my whole family that must have been something made up must have been a dream uh, i'll ignore it and then he'd wake up with jezebel and then he'd be like wait a minute what about my family now that must have been a fucking dream like he he can't convince himself that one of those things is a reality in this one michael ely just is like okay sure yes i fucked this crap <laughs> <laughs> it's like motives um, unclear yes remember the the, the um the scene in the subway at the beginning i i can't remember exactly what happened but i believe he's talking to someone or someone's talking to him or whatever and then uh someone with a hood on pushes this guy into the tracks and then the train goes by and he's just like what 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 like the whole reaction was just <laughs> what 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 and yeah. and uh and it was just about you know, the cops not taking him seriously or whatever but it was just like that's the that's the scene where we're supposed to feel emotionally attached to the movie or feel for this character, and it's just so laughably bad how they did it that it's just there's nothing redeeming about it at all. And it's played as a jump scare too. Yeah. Somebody getting pushed in front of a train, which is already like horrifying, you could just show is instead played as a fucking jump scare. Why? What's the it, point? And of again, that? listen. Going all the way with the nature of the story is is another thing because you know what scene just came to mind when I was thinking about oh yeah this doofus was pushed under the train if you're gonna do it and I don't even love this movie I hardly like this movie but you know what movie did that way better Hostel fourteen fucking years ago when the uh, I think she's Japanese she throws herself under the train and you see that shit pop and it's like. You know, we're we're a lot more desensitized now in 2019, so you might as well put that in and maximize the effect. But nope, just... But they couldn't afford it. You would see a little CGI splat on the corner of the screen if they were to, if they were actually going to do that and commit to it. <laughs> you would see, um... <laughs> you would see, um, Rob Zombie blood. You know what I mean? That it's all digital. 
like on uh, Devil's Rejects when they shoot people and it's just a digital gun gunshot. Just who, who is that guy, by the way? The redhead with the mustache, that Dom Hale Gleason ripoff. <laughs> I've seen him in so many things and he's always in like 50 cent movies. <laughs> I have no idea. But it, there's like, it's one of those things where the source material is rich with iconography and ideas for you to explore uh i complained in my own episode about that that i didn't notice that the books that were on uh tim robbins desk were in direct relation to the entire story right you could Mm. learn something about whether or not he's in heaven or hell simply by looking at the clues around him in this film there's they take nothing from it and then they try to do something similar and every time it fails, right as soon as you realize that, okay, I know what they're trying to do, it goes to the next scene, and then it, it's a whole new attempt at something unrelated. So you can't even follow along with the film. It, fe- it feels like scenes are in the wrong order, and and if you're waiting for something from Jacob's Ladder to happen, it probably happened earlier, or at the end, or in the middle. That's what you're thinking the whole time. Like, maybe it'll happen soon, and it never in the original comics. Jacob's Ladder, there's symbolism. In this new Jacob's Ladder, there's dirty face. That's how that's how they tie everything together. <laughs> Black eye old lady. <laughs> so, would you fellows recommend no. Jacob's Ladder 2019? Absolutely. Yeah, if, if you're trying to put on a movie that will give you a good five or six minutes of something on TV before you go to have sex with your significant other, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd recommend really, this. I, as... Oh, go ahead, Hans. I would, I would watch the opening scene with the crackhead in the stairs and just be like, I... I don't even want to fuck anymore. I'm very upset. <laughs> like, this, just, this just really p- pissed my fucking boner off. I don't, I don't want anything anymore. That scene was so bad. You know, when, when, uh, when it shows a little bit of rope of someone uh, choking it, which I'm assuming was just uh, symbolism for the, the, the crackhead dying because of a drug or whatever. But it was just so just bad. Just, I just, I don't know. I, I couldn't find anything that I liked about this thing. And I keep thinking of just scenes that just didn't make any sense or that I just don't see the point of them. Uh, I'm assuming that that intro was just to show what, that the drug was bad. Bad. Yeah. And the rest of the movie does a perfectly good job of explaining that whatever made Jacob be this dumb is not cool, but no, we need that extra scene. I would recommend this film. Oh wait. uh, Yeah. I would just recommend this film. If you well, in the in the sense of if you have a completely full bottle of alcohol of your choice, whether it's vodka, whiskey, uh, maybe gin or bourbon, whatever it may be, and you don't think you have the balls to put that whole thing down during the duration of this movie, I would recommend you watch this movie and wow yourself. <laughs> What I was going to ask was, because this movie got a deal where it goes direct to Dish TV, and they're promoting Sling and all that, and that's a new thing. Oof. So it's got a pretty decent setup, pretty good chance of having some eyes land on it. Is there an opportunity that we wind up seeing a Jacob's Ladder 2? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know. where does it go from there? 
it'll be it'll be a, a woman because uh that's different and she'll uh not be in the military she'll be like a cop and she'll be sad because her partner got killed but it'll turn out that she's the one that got killed that's jacob Latitude, <laughs> i'm telling you right now a latina cop who stars on chicago pd <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was what was that show with uh, uh, Dennis Leary for a long time, where his friend like died in Rescue Me? Rescue Me. Oh. Yeah, it'll be Rescue Me, but really Dennis Leary is the one that died in nine eleven. Dennis Leary playing a Latino woman. <laughs> <laughs> name Jacob. Jacob will be the last name. That's how they'll get away with it. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll be Jackie Jacob. <laughs> Jackie I was Jacob. Say Cons- yeah. I was going to say Consuela Jacob. And you know that Jacob is a reveal for the end of the movie, too. Her ID <laughs> or something after she dies. She dies, and then her purse just breaks open, and her ID is there. And then the last shot is, you know, Jackie Jacob. And Yeah, you're wondering the whole time. Spread. How does this make sense? How does this link up to that first one? Where's the connection with the name? And then, boom. It's like that Joker card at the end of Batman Begins. Yeah, there it is. I, you know, I'm I'm picturing all this with Dennis Leary as this Latina <laughs> character, and, and and now I want to see this. I want to see this movie. <laughs> if you're gonna give him a chola makeup so that he finally has lips, <laughs> not that fucking bird mouth of his. I'll say this: if if the first Jacob's Ladder inspired a bunch of people to do a bunch of stuff in the the thriller horror psychological horror like genres right from video games books movies tv shows this film is the opposite of it this was somebody who decided fuck creativity i just finished watching 1990s jacob's ladder fuck creativity fuck movies i'm making my own that's 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 like the biggest compliment I could give it is at least this person <laughs> said fuck trying to be creative. I don't know. I think he's an airhead, and I think he thought to himself, "I like movies." <laughs> that this... <laughs> <laughs> I like movies. What's the uh, what's the guy's name? Now that we've you know given him so many props about this and his previous movie, what's Who? it? Michael Enos or the actor? No, no, the, the director. director. No, no, the the. Oh, David Rosenthal. David Rosenthal, yes. Oh, okay. You know, from uh, such popular films as uh, Janie Jones and See This Movie. (laughs) Wait, for real? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. 100%. Dude has like six filmography credits i don't know that name very first one is a seth meyers film (laughs) that that name sounded very jewy i thought you were making it up (laughs) 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 it does sound like a pen name oh sorry uh what is it uh put the pen what did you say what was (laughs) coup de gras isn't that the french president (laughs) (laughs) well i i cannot uh stress this more uh, yesterday, when I, I, I was watching this, it felt like a big waste of 90 minutes. So um, I'm glad we managed to get an hour and change out of out of that film, which, Hans, I know you acknowledged disbelief over halfway yeah. through, and everybody just glossed over that, appropriately so. Is there anything else that can be said about Jacob's Ladder? And would it, would it benefit uh, a name change? 
would would did, would that improve the six percent on Rotten Tomatoes if people maybe had just like the slightest uh, shift in perception of this movie? Because obviously, as a remake, it is up against uh, terrible odds of trying to match that original, and clearly it failed. But if it was a a proper sequel, would it be spared at least a little bit, the same way that Lost Boys Two was spared a little bit? If it if it had just I don't know if two would have done it right uh, if they had taken out the Jacob's Ladder name entirely I think this movie could have been um, a tad bit better because you go in expecting something that is going to explore this very complex concept um, that is is done very well in the original Jacob's Ladder I think that as a remake this is about as good or as about as similar as Jurassic Park with cats, where it's still called Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park Two even, but it's all cats and all this everything else happens is just cats instead. It would be closer to a, a remake or a sequel than this film is. It's so fucking bad. I will say what to one credit is I watched this movie at two times speed because I couldn't give a fuck, and it's actually <laughs> hilarious. The sex scene is actually hilarious whenever he's whenever michael Ely <laughs> and the crackhead are sleeping together because his what's already sped up sex scene is so fucking funny at cartoon speed i would say watch that four or five times over don't watch the rest it's just benny hill just benny hill like sex scene <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um i think if if this movie didn't have that title um it would still be a piece of shit but i don't think it would be seen as bad as it actually we wouldn't is. have watched it yeah um no, oh no, hundred percent, and uh, and that's one thing that bothers me a lot about uh, when they remake movies direct to video and they just don't make it anything related to the original movie, just name it something else. Uh, this really felt like a like a Jennifer Lopez action movie to me. You know, when they really <laughs> they're really trying to make Angel you care, eyes. they're really trying to make you care, but it's just not bad enough for you to enjoy it and not good at all. So it's just bland, and, and and the fact that they added, you know, an iconic movie title like that is just made it even worse. Without even starting the movie, we we're already judging it. Uh, so yeah, I feel like if if it didn't have that title, it maybe you know would have flown over the radar, which is probably the best thing that would have happened to this movie. Is this the most egregious example of a film using the previous using a property to bolster something that's almost entirely unrelated or at least butchers the central concept of that original. To be fair, I'm going to say no to that because I think, and I wish I could say an example that comes to mind. I, I think there have been much worse bastardizations of classic IPs or, or films. Or Is whatnot. the shining Whereas 1997 one, it, worse than this? Hmm, no, I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either, but this one is it's just so pedestrian and bland that it's like all right, it sucks, it's unwatchable, it's boring, but it's not an absolute like kick in the balls to the legacy of the original film and doesn't doesn't try to do much with the with the with the uh with the name of the original. It doesn't try to force down like any any shitty agendas or, or try to try to fix things from the original that 
might be found as distasteful today. It doesn't do anything like that. So I would say it's not the worst in that regard. But I was going to say, if you want to watch a movie that is an inferior remake of a classic genre film, but it's still an immensely entertaining time, go watch 2006's The Wicker Man starring Nicolas Cage. That is the prime example of when you make, you remake a classic movie, it's no good, but it's so great because of how not good it is. And that's, that's the vein which this movie should have gone in. But unfortunately, I, I, Michael Ely is no Nicolas Cage. It's it's a deviation from the original. Oh, is he, is he something? Oh, no. I mm. fucked up all the audio. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell because of Skype. Fuck. My bad. You're good. Uh, <clears throat> I think, um, it's a thinking, de- thinking back to just... Wow. <laughs> Damn. I, yeah. Yeah, I made it worse. That was very impolite, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's a deviation from the original in the same way that the Tom Cruise mummy is a deviation from mm. the original, right? If it, it it takes away all the stuff that you liked about the original and replaces it with a face that I guess is better to look at than the original, and that's about Wouldn't it. A more apt comparison be that this is more like Bad Lieutenant and Bad Lieutenant Porter Call New Orleans. That's not bad. Wasn't that just fun though? Because it was so terrible that New Orleans. Why one? do you assume it's terrible? That was Werner Herzog of Star Wars. That's that's great, but it was it still had <laughs> <laughs> it still had a uh, Nicolas Cage hamming it up. Uh, so that one at least was fun. The the one that I was thinking about was uh, when when I was living in Canada, I got fooled into buying Night of the Living Dead 3D, uh, starring old Sid Haig. Sid Haig. Sid Haig. Yeah, however you pronounce his name. That one felt like a fucking kick in the face because the 3D didn't even work, and the whole reason why the thing was remade was so that the film would be in 3D, and then it was just shittier than the original. Uh, yeah, how did they get that lucrative Night of the Living Dead <laughs> property? How how oh, could they ever? They've they've um, remade that shit so because of because of public what do you call it public? Yeah, it's uh, in the public domain. Yeah, domain. So every couple of years, you will see one come. We could make one. Yeah, and they did like a colorized version of it. That's how Return of the Living Dead got kicked off. Was uh, his collaborator George Romero's collaborator decided? Oh, well, nobody has the rights to this. I'll just make my own series with it. And everybody else has seemed to get that idea. And I don't, I don't even know how they got their hands on, like, Day of the Dead. There's, like, Day of the Dead Contagion, Day of the Dead 2, which doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Uh, and all these other films. I'm surprised. Dawn is really the only one that's gone untouched. Well, I think uh, everything that needed to be said has been said about Jacob's Ladder 2019. Yeah, it's just a, a big fucking waste of time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Never, never going to get that part of my life back, that 90 minutes. No, this was more fun. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we pretended to watch it and just talked about it with no <laughs> knowledge guess. of the movie on this show. Yeah. Next time. Next time we'll do that. If there's a Jacob's Ladder 3, then I think that's what's on the menu. That's what's going to be prescribed. <laughs> One of us watch it. The other two try to review it. And then the original, <laughs> whoever watched it, will tell them if they're right or not by the end. I think I elect Hans to watch it. And tell us all about it. 
Um, yeah, let's let's do it. I'm down. Let's uh, if that gets remade, uh, and if it's a woman, this one, and if, if this one gets remade, I mean, not remade, but if it gets a, <laughs> if it gets a sequel, and uh, the female character is played by Dennis Leary, I'll be the one watching. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the approach taken if they did remake Jacob's Ladder 2019? What would that look like? Maybe a son gets cucked by his dad or something? The then it just turns into like old only... boy? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's perfect. That's perfect. Fucking Jacob's Ladder 3 needs to just be a remake of the Josh Brolin old boy. That I mean, I, that's probably the most likely scenario is someone in Asia acquires this property and decides we got to remake Jacob's Ladder for our audience. It's either going to be Japanese or Chinese or Korean. And then you will get that kind of twist. My idea was going to be you remake Jacob's Ladder 2019 with like Jackie Chan playing Michael Ely, but in a serious role, like no Kung Fu or anything besides the kick out the window, which that would be, that would actually pay off big time. Jackie Chan at like 70, just nose diving out a window. But you have to. You have to make it very dialogue heavy so that you so he speaks a lot. But 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 he has to act as a black man so he can speak in like ebonics, but it's just doing a Chris Tucker imitation. (laughs) His whole family is like black too. Like they even bring back Jesse Williams as his brother. (laughs) Nobody acknowledges it straight the whole movie. (laughs) Nobody acknowledges the fact that it's a tiny Tiny seventy-year-old Asian man. <laughs> well, uh, that has been uh, this this uh, crossover sp- spectacular. Movies, dissecting cinema ratings. It has been quite the show, indeed. Right. Thanks for having me. I think it's been good. <laughs> Real fucking solid out chip. Leave that in. <laughs> Don't you dare take that out. I think it's been good. Hard cut. Roll the fucking music. <laughs>